Hey there, Radiant Souls. It's your host, Gina Kunadian, bursting with excitement to welcome you back to season two of the Shine Within podcast. You've been with me through our incredible first season, and now it's time to crank up the intensity. You know me, your energetic cheerleader, a mom of three fabulous boys, an empowering certified massage therapist, and the game-changing alcohol-free sobriety coach. With my trademark enthusiasm, I'm here to uplift more motivated women to break free from the chains of alcohol dependency. And guess what? We're still defining the norms with our unique non-traditional approach. Get ready to supercharge your transformation as I bring you an all-new lineup of awe-inspiring guests this season. They're the powerhousers in the realms of mindset, health, and spirituality. And they're all set up to equip you with potent tips and tools. We're talking about crafting unyielding confidence, honing laser-focused clarity, and infusing your life with exhilarating energy. This season, our mission is to ignite your creative potential to even greater heights, helping you to manifest the life of your dreams, all while living vibrantly, alcohol-free. So buckle up as we journey deeper into the realm of self-discovery, awakening the inner magnificence that's ready to burst forth. Season 2 of Shine Within is about to take you to new horizons. Get ready to experience your true power and unleash your brilliance. So if you are ready to shine even brighter, welcome. Hey, lovely listeners. If you're finding value in what you're hearing today, make sure to head over to the show notes. Not only will you find more details on today's topic, but you'll also get an exclusive invitation to join my free Facebook group, Awakened Souls. This community is perfect for women who are either sober curious or currently journeying through recovery. Being part of Awakened Souls offers a supportive environment where you can connect with like-minded women, all working towards an alcohol-free lifestyle. Plus, there are special free gifts waiting for you inside the show notes, curated specifically to empower and assist you on your journey. If you're loving the content, I'd be also so grateful if you take a moment to rate this podcast. Your feedback helps me continue bringing you the conversations and insights you love. Let's keep the momentum going. And remember, you're not alone on this journey. I am here for you every step of the way. Welcome back to the Shine Within podcast, exploring the fascinating world of wellness relationships and now the magic of culinary arts. I have a very special episode that's sure to tantalize your taste buds and ignite your passion. We're joined by the extraordinary guest, Amy Riley, a master in the art of culinary aphrodisiacs. Amy is not just a renowned cookbook author and speaker, but also a true pioneer in the field of gastronomy. With a master of the arts in gastronomy from Le Cordon Bleu, Amy has dedicated her career to exploring the intersection of food, sustainability, and sensuality. Her work has graced the stages of the Today Show and Nightline, and her best-selling books like Fork Me, Spoon Me and Eat Cake Naked have revolutionized the way we think about food and intimacy. So whether you're a food enthusiast, a romantic at heart, or simply curious about how to spice up your culinary life, this episode is for you. Get ready to be inspired as we delve into Amy's journey, her insights on aphrodisiac foods, and her tips for enhancing both our plates and our relationships. Stay tuned as this is going to be a deliciously enlightening conversation. Well, Amy, thank you so much for joining me on my show today. Thank you so much for having me. 
Yes, I'm excited because, you know, uh, I don't know if you know my history, but I used to be a professional drinker, but not in a good mm-hmm. wine tasting <laughs> arts, <laughs> more like in an alcoholic dependency, <laughs> the other side of the spectrum there. And uh, and I remember when I would go on dates, you know, mm-hmm. I would have to drink in order to get that mood going oh. for me to feel more confident, or even if I was my spouse back then, my ex-spouse, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have to have a glass of red wine in order for me to become in the mood. So I'm mm-hmm. so excited to have you on my show because we're talking about all things food that increase our like libido, I would want to say, yeah, <laughs> when yeah. it comes to food. Yeah. And um, I'm not shy on this show. I, I'm very giggly. So I'm open to discussing anything. But I would just first love for you to share your actually journey um, and how you started to become this aphrodisiac okay. food sure. and sexual <laughs> health expert here. <laughs> So I started out, I was writing about wine, as you mentioned, Um, I was working as a wine writer, wine competition judge, and I also was writing a little bit about food. And I really loved, I loved anything to do with food history um, and anything that would interweave the history of food with like folklore. Um, But during this time, I also got very sick, like very, very sick. And it took a while to get a diagnosis. And the diagnosis, finally, when I found out, So like the, so not sexy, but basically I had a systemic yeast infection combined with a mold allergy, which essentially meant, meant that I had my, my digestive system was kind of destroyed at the time. And I was losing weight rapidly and I, you know, and I didn't, didn't want to, I mean, I went down to 90, 90 something pounds. It was crazy. Yeah. I'm five foot eight. So it was super crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, the treatment was mostly changing my diet temporarily, but, um, I had to eliminate so many foods from my diet, like almost everything. It was horrible. And although it was horrible, what I noticed right away is almost instantly I started to feel better. And I was really fascinated by this reaction. Like I couldn't believe how much my body could respond and change and feel completely different just by changing the way that I ate. And so, you know, since I already had this, I was already working in, in the food business and writing about food. And I was like, oh, I've got to, this is it. This is my calling. This is what I want to do. I want to show other people how you can make food choices that just can change the way that you feel for the better. And I, aphrodisiacs was a natural choice for me because it combined my love of folklore and my love of food history with my love of uh, eating well, eating right, making the smart food choices, because that's that's all it is. It's a combination of aphrodisiacs is a combination of those two things. And so I kind of continued down this path. I went on and got my master's degree in gastronomy and got to, you know, study even get a, increase my knowledge there. I started working with a uh, nutritionist, actually, a woman who'd been working with me as an intern and writing for me, she was, she loved the subject so much. She went on to get a PhD in nutrition. Mm-hmm. And so she and I started working together. How can we do this together? How can we build this from our, our, you know, our, our points of knowledge. And so I, you know, I just kept growing. And so, yeah, I spend a lot of my time. I'll read the data, the scientific data on these foods and I'll spend part of my day researching history and I'll spend part of my day writing and speaking. And I love it. It's, 
it's an incredible, it's an incredible area of food. Um, I think any health topic is incredible, but mine is really fun because I'm helping people feel good. Yes, especially sexually, because some people exactly. tend to not have that libido and they want to see what's natural out there that they can get in right. incorporate into their daily lives, like chili right. peppers, um, yes. oysters, I hear. Um, what are some other foods that will increase libido for men or well, it women? It sounds like you've done you've done some of your homework already, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oysters for sure is the famous one. And we can even talk about why it's actually legitimately true. Chocolate. Um, I have a list. So I run a website called eatsomethingsexy.com. And on there with this nutrition PhD friend of mine, Delana, we created lists of the 10 best foods for women's sexual health and the 10 best foods for men's sexual health. And believe it or not, chocolate makes dark chocolate specifically makes the list for women of one of the 10 best foods you could eat for your sexual health, among other things, believe it or not, um, dark chocolate will help uh, the pH, balance the pH of a woman's vagina. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. A healthy vagina, man. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) And it's something we don't talk about. We don't talk about really women. When we talk about, you know, sexual health and eating for your libido, it's usually men we talk about because when they have a problem, it's very pronounced. Whereas women, it, we just get forgotten. <laughs> we hide it. Right. You know, yes. so other foods for women and uh, would be, I know people roll their eyes when I say, say this one, but kale. <laughs> I love kale. Oh, good. Good. Because most <laughs> people go, really? I have to eat kale. And to which I respond, there are many ways you can use kale other than eating it raw. Um, that can be delicious. You can make kale chips. You yeah. can, you can put it in a soup, right? You can put it in lasagna. Right, right, right. So lasagna, yeah. yes. And I just made kale chips not too long ago and they came oh, out fun. so good. <laughs> they are, they're so easy to make too. So, so easy. Yeah. Just pour a little olive oil, you know, a little sprinkle some sea salt or whatever, exactly. and then throw it in the oven for a little bit. And then voila, it's done. <laughs> because <laughs> I started just cooking recently in 2020. You know, I had that break. I think all of us had mm-hmm. that break mm-hmm. in 2020. And we just had that pause. And I learned that I can cook before it was oh, ramen, excellent. mac and cheese no, and all these things. No. Yeah. So before oh, the pandemic, I actually got married in February to my <laughs> Indian husband and Indian spices, I have learned to grind them (laughs) with the modern pestle. Yes. And so I'm learning all about like ingredients and everything. And so he appreciates me so much because I cook for him. And, um, but the chili, (laughs) I want to talk about the chili and you have a book called chili aphrodisia, right? I do. I wrote a book all about chili peppers as aphrodisiacs. And what's fun about chilies, by the way, they're also on my list of the best foods for women. They're great for women nutritionally, but they're great for everyone. Um, Like for, if you're planning a romantic menu, um, chilies are wonderful because they raise your body temperature, right? Um, But not only that, they make your tongue tingle, which psychologically may make you feel a little more like kissing someone. Best of all, they bring a little bit of color to your cheeks. Like you look, you just look brighter. You look, they make you look good and they'll make your lips plump up. So you'll, to someone who is attracted to you, they'll just want to kiss you. Oh, wow. Chilies, all that from a chili pepper. 
Very much chili pepper. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, my husband. So it's interesting because you know he's South Indian, so they use mm. a lot of chili. Oh yeah, a lot of chili <laughs> in their Ooh. ingredients. But for him, it's like he has to take Pepto Bismol in order. <laughs> In order for him to have that chili because it upsets his tummy. But yes, I mean, it gets me all warm and fuzzy Mm -hmm. inside. And I I think it does pucker up my lips. And I want want to drink more water afterwards. Well, and you know, and that's another good thing because hydration is one of the best things you can do for your sex life. And people don't think it. They're like, that's not sexy. But no, it really is. Yeah. Yeah, that's what (laughs) keeps us nice and moist. Exactly. Yes. Yes, I was just sharing with you that I went to a restaurant uh, in Woodside, which is not too far from here, maybe about uh, f- um, 45 minutes. Beautiful. It's called Mountain House. It's up in the mountains. And my mom had just celebrated her 25th uh, anniversary. So the silver anniversary. And the food was amazing. And I it was a Michelin starred chef restaurant. So mm-hmm. like truffles, all these like amazing fabulous things. And so I noticed that I was looking at my husband a little bit differently, but I was oh. figuring out which ingredient of these foods. Mm. I had like this beet pecan, like I'm, my mouth is literally watering right now as I'm talking about <laughs> it because it's so good. You um, know, it's a good meal when you talk about right? it later. It's so yeah. good. But anyway, that's a good recommendation for a restaurant. If you want good food, go there. <laughs> but I want to talk about your first book. It was a Fork Me, Spoon Me. I think that is a fabulous and incredible title. Oh, That's you. so nice. Um, what actually inspired you to shape your journey as a culinary aphrodisiac expert? I, you know, I just, I'm trying to think, why did I write Fork Me, Spoon Me? I just knew at that point I had learned all of this information about aphrodisiacs. I wanted to share it. I want, and I just wanted people to get excited about food, plain and simple. And so I created a book that was really just an introduction to aphrodisiacs. I chose 12 ingredients to highlight and, you know, talked about why they're aphrodisiac, why you might want to eat them. And then of course the recipes for what to do with them. And I really, I was careful to craft recipes for that book that were at every level. So like, if you couldn't boil water, you could still make stuff from my cookbook. (laughs) But then there were also, I had, I actually asked some chef friends to contribute recipes, people who were kind of known for their, their cuisine, you know, lent itself to romance. And so we had some high level recipes too, so that you would never get bored cooking from this book. And I still, I still, it's still my favorite. I still love that book so much. That's so awesome. Yeah, I have to get these books. Because I'm just like, <laughs> now, um, and you also had the opportunity to appear on shows like Today Show mm-hmm. and the Night Nightline. How I have did. these experiences helped in spreading awareness about the role of food and in enhancing romance and intimacy? Well, you know, I think everyone's always surprised. I you know whenever I go on a show, the hosts are always surprised that like, oh, like you have legitimate reasons here. You're not just coming on to say, oh, feed someone oysters because they're known to be aphrodisiac. But I, I give you legitimate reasons. I can explain to you how this can either, um, you know, affect you physiologically or how it's going to provide building blocks to your sexual health. I can give you suggestions for how to use it. I can also talk to you about the other part of it is if you're planning a romantic evening, you've really got to think about all the building blocks of that evening. It's not just about the food. It's about what kind of food does the other person like? How much time do you have? Um, You know, don't make something that's complicated. 
because you don't want to get stressed. You don't want a failure. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, so I can talk about all of these things and people are always surprised like, oh, we didn't think about, it. we thought you were just going to tell us a list of silly foods that, that have some kind of history um, or some, you know, that we have some notion that are, you know, they can do something for us, but really they can. Yes. And now we know what some foods that increase our endorphins in our aphrodisiac. What are some <laughs> of the foods that are opposite that we should be avoiding oh. <laughs> that don't increase the libido? Yeah. Stay away from beer. <laughs> that makes you bloated, huh? <laughs> yes. Bloaty, burpy, like it's just not, not good. Um, interestingly, there was a study that found the scent of cherries was a turnoff. I kind of question it. I mean, it was it was based in science. Like it was, the thing of it is, cherries don't have much of a scent. So why are we even worrying about? Yeah, I was that? trying to think about it. how do we, right. what is cherry? I know I have a cherry bomb. They have, they have, <laughs> yeah, they have a, a real actual cherry has very little scent. Um, and interestingly, like nutritionally, they're really good for you. Um, they're great for your sex life. So, you know, that's, that one's not really, I can dispel that myth. I always tell people to stay away from the weird stuff. You know, there's a lot of weird foods that are considered aphrodisiac, largely because they're just weird. You know, you don't have to eat a snake. You don't have to eat a turtle egg. These are not like, no, don't, no. <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest one should just be the oyster, right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's weird enough, right? <laughs> I actually love oysters, but yes. yes. me too. We were, in, my husband and I were in Seattle. It was a couple of years back and then mm -hmm. it was just he and I, we just took a weekend trip uh, without the kids. And then we went and enjoyed oyster shooters. We had mm. smoked oysters, raw oysters, oh, <laughs> different kinds of oysters. Every oyster all. you could eat. I love and it. I, yes. And I do remember, and it is a very memorable time over in Seattle <laughs> and when it was just he and I, and I was like, wow, thinking about, we really had great intimate moments there. In Seattle. Mm, and I, I gave it yeah. to that. I gave it to the oysters there. He knew what he was doing. Wink, yeah. wink. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm a big dessert person. I love mm -hmm. sweets like chocolate. Now good to know that dark chocolate actually definitely increases, right. you know, libido, but your latest book, Eat Cake Naked. <laughs> I, I love your titles, by the way. They're so, Thank you. <laughs> they're so fun, <laughs> but it focuses on aphrodisiac desserts. Now, what right. makes desserts a particularly effective medium for aphrodisiacs? And could you share a favorite uh, recipe from your book? Okay. Well, first of all, I'm a dessert person too. So for me, that's always going to be a winner just automatically. And if you're not a dessert person, then okay, forget it. This is not the book for you. Don't get eat cake naked. But for most of us, um, dessert is, you know, it's the sweet treat at the end, right? It's, it's always all of our lives, you know, dessert kind of made things better right? Just in life. So it's, it's kind of a mood elevator, just having that sweet treat, first of all. And then a lot of desserts have a lot of sensuality. There's like sensual textures. Um, think of like my husband's favorite is I have a key lime pie that's in Eat Cake Naked actually. So you've got like this crunchy crust, you've got this creamy, you know, filling the key lime filling, and then you've got the whipped cream on top. And so it's like, it's, it's three different sensations and it's just, it's a very sensual 
food. You don't think of key lime pie as being sexy, but if you really break it down, it's a very sensual, well, when it's made right. Anyway, it's a very, <laughs> like, it's like, I've had some that were like stiff and like with gelatin, almost like a jello tech. No, 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 no. There's got to be a nice puddingy kind of whipped cream experience. Um, and so for me, that's another reason that dessert is, is very aphrodisiac is because, you know, it's, it's just a sensual experience to eat dessert often. Yes. I, every time I have sweets, it's like, oh, thank you. I just, my mood is just, ha I'm just happier. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> I, I went for a while. I carried a dark chocolate bar around in my purse so that anytime like traffic jam or like big line at the post office. I just pull it out, eat a little chocolate, feel a lot better. And then one day it melted in my purse and I went, okay, I got to oh, stop. No. <laughs> so only in winter, I guess, is the, is the lesson, but yeah, you know, it's so funny because I actually carry some like protein bars that are chocolatey and caramelly and nutty and so good. Uh -huh. <laughs> and nice. it happened to me too. Like I was like, hey, I went hiking and I normally it's like to take oh. a couple like travel snacks with me. And right. it was just all melted. I'm like, no, my favorite bar. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just like my go-to things when, I, when I'm craving something sweet. <laughs> yeah. But you do something incredible. Uh, apart from your culinary endeavors, you also contribute to uh, to what's called rock and wrap it now can you rock talk and wrap it up yeah yeah rock and wrap it up can you go <laughs> yeah. ahead and elaborate on this initiative oh I'd love to it's really it's so special um so rock and wrap it up is basically an anti-poverty think tank that's been around for over 30 years and my role is that I work for them with the sustainability departments of most of the major television studios like Warner Media and HBO, um, Netflix, uh, Paramount. And I help them with keeping, basically keeping things out of the trash, plain and simple. And most of the time that's food when they're, when a show is shooting on location, you know, when they're done with lunch, they just have to throw it all in the trash. But instead I help them find people in need who can come get this food or places close by where they can take this food. So it goes to someone who can use it. Um, and then sometimes I'll do the same things with like wardrobe and props and things like that, um, just to help help keep these things out of the trash and into the hands of people who really need it. That's beautiful. And that's actually how I met my my husband. We we would get a lot of food, extra food from either, you know, restaurants who are like, we don't need this, or mm -hmm. perhaps uh, like even Little Caesars Pizza, we're like, we're not going to use these pizzas, <laughs> can mm. we just take them? And then at our old church, what we would do is uh, we would have teams that would go out and then serve the homeless that are mm -hmm. out on the street and we would yeah. give them the food. So that's, that's so awesome that you're doing that. Yeah. And it brings so much joy when you're doing something that's amazing, doesn't it? <laughs> it is. It's really, it's so wonderful. It's like, my husband keeps saying, you don't have time to do all the things you do. And I was like, but I can't give that up. <laughs> yes. And how long have you been doing that? So I volunteered with them for about 15 years. And then one day they called me and said, Hey, we need a person on the ground in Los Angeles as an employee. So since 2019, I've actually worked part-time for them. Oh, wow. That's so cool. <laughs> now, and as a mother and professional, how do you balance your family life with your career? <laughs> Not well. I mean, I think, <laughs> you know, I think every mother can say I'm doing it. I'm managing, um, maybe not the best that I can, but we all try. Right. Um, and I, I, I mean, the kids come first always. 
I think uh, most every mother will say that. Uh, I did. I pulled back a lot on my career when I had kids. I used to fly to New York. This time of year, I'd be flying back and forth to New York doing television morning shows and things like that. I just don't do that now. And that's fine. I have, you know, my life is much more full and fulfilling, um, but I still can do opportunities like this to talk to people and, and help encourage them. You know, my goal is just to encourage people to think about the way you eat and eat well and feel well and be well. So I can still do it. That's awesome. And now, can can you share some success stories or at least some feedback from individuals who have incorporated your advice on aphrodisiac foods in their lives? Oh, definitely. You know, people, once they find out what I do, people really like to overshare. So <laughs> <That's great. laughs> my favorite, my very favorite story is, um, so I became friendly with a woman who ran a bakery around the corner from my house. Uh, and I would just, I would come in, pick up some baked goods and stay and chat with her for a little while. And it didn't come out until a few months into this relationship that I wrote cookbooks. And when she found out I wrote Fork Me, Spoon Me, she said, no way. I have this friend who she bought, she wanted to have a husband. She, her goal, her like, her New Year's resolution basically was to find a husband, have children. That was it. So she bought this book, convinced that this book was going to get her a husband and children. And she's like, and you know what? It did. Oh, wow. <laughs> she said, you know, she started reading this book and cooking from it. And the next thing you knew, she had this wonderful boyfriend who's quickly became her husband. And now they have children. And I was like, whoa. At that point, the book was only like two and a half years old. So, I mean, it happened fast, right? Absolutely. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I want to put all of these in the show notes too, because I'm sure our listener is like, okay, I, you know, I, I no longer drink and use that as like my aphrodisiac anymore. <laughs> I want to go towards foods. And these are some great recipes that they can go ahead and use at home. Yeah. And they're pretty easy to make, right? So they are. Most of the recipes are very, very easy to make. Some are more complicated and you just look at it. I mean, when you see a list and it's like five ingredients versus 12 ingredients, you know which one to pick if you don't want something challenging, right? Um, or look at the list of steps. That's always a, with any recipe, just look at the list of steps. If it's a lot of steps, maybe you don't want to do it. Or maybe you want a challenge today. That's, you know, either way, but you can you can definitely tell that way. I can also tell you that, when I was writing Fork Me, Spoon Me, I had this friend who was, who was male um, and he was a bachelor and he did not know how to cook. He lived on takeout. Um, and when you test recipes for a cookbook, you make them over and over and over. You have a lot of food in the house and a lot of it, I was just tired of it because you're eating the same, making and eating the same <laughs> recipes over and over. You're tweaking them slightly, but it's still the same basic thing, right? Yeah. So I would call him up and invite him over because I had all this extra food and I just kept inviting him over. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I had three years later, we moved in together. <laughs> then when I was writing Romancing the Stove, I got pregnant with my first child. Oh, nice. <laughs> so apparently the recipe testing really worked for me on, on both of those books, on both Fork Me, Spoon Me, and then my second book, Romancing the Stove. So you're the success story. <laughs> I am also a success story. Um, I see when I wrote Eat Cake Naked, I already had two children and I didn't want any more. So broke the streak, 
but um, it is a book of delicious recipes for sure. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness, that's so awesome. <laughs> now, for those new to the concept of aphrodisiac foods, like where, what, what, what would you recommend they start at in order to enhance their sexual and romantic experiences? So what I recommend to everyone is go to eatsomethingsexy.com and find my list of the 10 best foods for men and the 10 best foods for women. Um, you know, I talk about each ingredient individually. I have links to recipes to kind of give you some, you know, just kind of spark some creativity, spark some interest in actually using them. So that is what I highly recommend. Like if you want to start eating for your own sexual health, that that is the the very best place. I've given you all the tools, I promise. Uh, and then beyond that, I think it's really paying attention to what you eat. So I have a new, I have a brand new book um, and it's actually a whole system. It's called the Better Sex Bundle for Men. And with that, what I did was I, you know, I wrote, it focuses on those 10 best foods for men and that's where it starts. And then- how to use them, how to incorporate them into your diet, how to think of them sort of as your friends, you know, and also the other elements that come with it, how you can cook to increase intimacy, how you being on this program is going to affect your partner and how to, you know, how you need to bring romance in as well, how you need to also think about them. Don't just think about you and your 10 foods, all of, you know, and all of the other things. Are you getting exercise? All of that. But my favorite part of this program is that I include a journal and not a like write down your feelings journal. No, no, <laughs> just a very simple, almost check in with yourself kind of checklist type journal where every day you evaluate, um, you know, how did you feel? How was your energy? How much sleep did you get? Like what, what were the influencing factors? Did you, did you start a new medication? Did you remember to take your medication? Um, right. Cause we all know, I mean, especially starting a new medication can change everything. Mm -hmm. And we don't realize it sometimes. Um, also, you know, did you eat the foods? Did you, did you veer off of this plan completely and eat McDonald's for lunch and fried chicken for dinner? Like, and if you did, how did you feel? Right. So you just become more aware. It's an awareness journal, really become more aware of the influencing factors and which ones that you personally need to pay attention to, because it's different for everyone. Um, and I know you're probably thinking, well, why did I just do this for men? Um, right? Yeah. <laughs> women deserve it. We, we all deserve it. Um, I will be coming out with the Better Sex Bundle for Women. It's coming out in April. And if anyone wants to kind of get alerted to this, if this sounds like something that makes sort of eating for your sexual health easier, which it does, um, you can sign up for my mailing list. So you'll get an alert that when it's out, um, you can sign up for my mailing list on any page of eatsomethingsexy.com. And I will be happy to keep you in the loop. Yes. And I will have everything in the show notes for you. <laughs> yes. And for the men, because you have your partner. Hello, ladies. <laughs> Get that yeah. for your man. And then in April, yes. just sign on to her mailing list and then you will receive also the tools for you for, for women, for you. <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. Um, now for our, our listeners who are eager to incorporate aphrodisiac foods into their diets, could you suggest any other ingredients or simple ways uh, that whatever they can include in their everyday meals? 
So, you know, we, well, so for everyday meals, I was going to say, we touched on some of the things you can do for a romantic evening, like have oysters, have some chilies, avoid beer. Um, (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But in your, so in your everyday, a lot of it is try to eat lots of natural and fresh foods. Um, The majority of fruits and vegetables, believe it or not, have a history as an aphrodisiac. And along with that, many of them have nutrition that will support sexual health. Um, We don't realize it, but there are several nutrients that are just vital to sexual health. And yes, they're slightly different for men and women, but foods with potassium are important for all of us. Foods with vitamin C are actually great for your sexual health. Any food that you've ever heard is good for heart health is really good for your sexual health because it's, it's for the same reason. It's all about circulation. You need to have good circulation in order to um, achieve sexual arousal as well as sexual climax. So heart healthy foods like oats, all these things are great. Yes, yes. And so it's been an honor to have you on my show. I'm so hungry right now. (laughs) Talking about all these foods. (laughs) Go have a good healthy snack. Yes, Um. yes, yes, definitely. Um, Tomatoes is good for the heart. And I love like the greasy salads. (laughs) Yes, perfect. Oh, and do you know cheese? Cheese reduces like the the bacteria in your mouth. So you're more kissable after eating (gasps) cheese. Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> I did not know that. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Um, and so if our or if our listeners want to go ahead and follow you, where can they find you? So you can find everything out at eatsomethingsexy.com. And as I mentioned, I have so many free resources there. Definitely sign up for my mailing list. That is the best way. These are the people I keep in touch with the most. Um I am, I'm an avid pinner. I'm on Pinterest and I do keep, I keep great boards of like, I have a Valentine's day board. That's amazing. So find me on Pinterest. I'm at fork me, spoon me. I'm also on Twitter at fork me, spoon me. Um, but yeah, my mailing list is definitely the way that I really engage with people the most. So I would love to have you on there. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much, Amy. Any last thoughts or any last words you'd like to share? I I think really just, I don't want, I feel like I may have overwhelmed people, but it's really, and and I don't want you to think, you know, you don't have to eat things that you don't like, but maybe, you know, take the time to really enjoy delicious, some delicious natural foods and, you know, it's in the moment, be in the moment with them. Like listen to the crunch of that apple. You know what I mean? enjoy that that scarlet color of the tomato and really just take the moment to really enjoy what you're eating yeah savor the flavor i remember oh i love that <laughs> i haven't heard that one before but i love it savor the flavor savor the flavor yes right. so you're more aware and more in tune to what you want to eat and listen yeah. to your body you know and be Definitely. hey try something new you'd be surprised of yeah. uh, what you like and may, may not like you'll you never know you'd be like oh i thought i would never love this but now it's mm-hmm. like your favorite food you never so know true. So <laughs> like, true. like my children and sushi all of a sudden one is like eating oh I was like, you're eating that? Wow, I'm so happy for you. (laughs) My son would refuse to try chocolate. He didn't like the look of it when he was two. (laughs) So finally my husband just like popped it in his mouth and he was like, oh, that. (laughs) Yeah. How cute. Oh, I love, I love kids. They're so adorable. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Amy. It was so nice talking with you. Thank you. 
my cherished listeners, from the very depths of my heart, thank you. Every single one of you who've showered me with those warm five-star reviews, your kindness shines so brightly. And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts, and it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you. Introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety. The other, a personal sharing from my journey, a six-step blueprint towards an alcohol-free life. These are the steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's the word GIFT, G-I-F-T, at 1-855-649-6196. With all of my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.